As part of the Southwestern Vermont Chamber of Commerce Business Education Series, we feature Lunch and Learns, where for an hour we invite one of our subject matter experts in any given field that might help a small business speak to and teach many of our, our other small businesses on their various topics. We hope you enjoy the show. Um, we've done about, we try and do about six of these every year, um, and we focus on things that small businesses and community members might find interesting, especially as it has to do with commerce and, and working. Uh, so we've done things on social media and marketing, we've done things on healthcare, uh, we've done some other ones on, um, on, I'm trying to think of all the ones that we have gone through. Well, we at least have, we have video of them, and so that's one of the key partnerships that we've developed uh, over the the last uh, year is to make sure that we're filming these so that they're available in our website and on our social media platforms. Uh, so one of the ones that we really were excited about, uh, our staff has actually been working with Deb uh, in her Mindful Path seminar uh, just to kind of figure out ways that we can reduce stress as we have, you know, as the world only gets more chaotic and more stressful. Uh, so we've, we've been through the program a little bit, um, but we thought it'd be a great opportunity for her to come out and, uh, and, and kind of uh, take a little bit of a pivot from what you would normally expect, maybe from a, from a business uh, seminar series, uh, as we looked at uh, everything from small business financing and, and things that you would think would be very tactical and very make sense for businesses. Uh, this also uh, makes huge sense for especially small businesses that are trying to do it all and taking you know, one hour out of your time to come and listen to some of the strategies and tactics that, that Deb uh, has, has uh, kind of brought to us today. So without further ado, I want to thank you for joining us. I want to invite Deb Lewis to come on up and start the program. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to start by introducing why I'm here. And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a guy named John Kabat-Zinn. And he has written a lot of books since I met him back in 91. And he's basically the guru of mindfulness-based stress reduction. He started this in 1979, and it was at, in Worcester, which is where the UMass Medical Center is. And he was teaching the doctors how to bring this in to their patients. And then he decided that that was going so well that he would start teaching teachers how to have their own workshops. And after I met him, actually he came to Williamstown for a day in 91 and I had no idea who he was. And I also didn't have any idea that this would change my whole career. I was in healthcare, but I was in the Western medicine, wait for them to get sick, come into the lab, draw their blood and tell the doctor what was wrong with them. And I had done that for 15 years. and. When my dad came in with cancer and his treatments, I, I kind of unconsciously took on the fact that when he died, I, did, I couldn't fix him. And that helped me to propel me into more of a preven preventative approach to healthcare. So I quit my job, went back to school, and got interested in mind-body medicine. And you know, because I had met John already, I knew that there was a big, this was helping me 
And I, once I learned it, I wanted to help all my loved ones. And not everybody is ready for this. So I, I, and I realized that with some of my family members. You're not always ready to just stop and do nothing. You know, you're not even ready to find out what that is about. So that's why I like it when you have to sign up for these programs, because for some reason, you guys are interested in this. And I'm not just talking, you know, in the air. <laughs> so anyway, that's what got me started. Um, I took John's level one course at Omega. I don't know if you know, that's in Rhinebeck, New York. And that kind of taught the teachers for a week how to get it into your life. But he said to us, don't think that you can go out and start teaching this because this isn't the way it works. He said, I want you to practice these techniques for a year or two. And I thought, oh, okay. So I did. I volunteered at the school the second year uh, for the teachers in Pownall because they were under a lot of stress. And I loved it. They were the, my first class. There was about eight of them. And I thought, this is my purpose in life. And I've just never stopped since then. And that was in 1995. Then I got a letter from the UMass Medical Center that they were having an intensive training. And so I signed up for that. And that was a six-month thing that you went down to Worcester, oh, about once a month and did a long weekend. And that helped me to start my business because that intensive training really got down to the nitty-gritty of how you make your own CDs. At the time, it was CDs, or no, cassette tapes. And how you really practice this, you know, on your own. He says, you know, you've got to have a practice and go out. So, and I didn't have a daily practice. Um, so it started me meditating every day. And it's been wonderful. Um, I just, I love doing it. I've gone into school systems now. And I did follow my older children in their grades um, with mindfulness. And that was back in the 90s and lo loved to get into the schools. But back then, everything was on a volunteer basis because no, none of the principals knew about mindfulness. And this year, they're actually gonna be learning because the Southwestern Vermont Supervisory Union wants me to do a workshop with the principals and vice principals so they can in turn get the idea and hopefully bring this into all the schools, you know, at least the elementary schools. So that's a little bit about me. Another thing that I loved about John is he was so down to earth. And one of his great quotes was, as long as you're breathing, there's more right with you than wrong. And I've never forgotten that. It's like, wow. Because before I met him, I had had cancer. And, you know, I was in this to prevent myself from getting it back. So I always remembered that, that I'm breathing and I'm here. And I didn't die from cancer. And so I've got to be grateful for that. So gratitude is one of the biggest things that mindfulness-based stress reduction helps us. Our goal is to see that there's a lot more right with us. There's a lot more stuff going on right now that we don't notice because we're so busy doing one thing after another and the, the moments go by and the opportunities in those moments go by and our appreciation for what we already have is not felt at all. So I would say that's one of the main goals of stress reduction, to get ourselves out of our negative mindset, our negative perspectives, and to 
just open up to being right here and accepting that this moment, there's a lot more right with it than wrong, okay? So I'm gonna go through basically what we need to understand is what is stress in the first place? Because if we don't understand and get educated as to what is stress, what's causing stress, what are the effects of stress, we don't have the motivation to sit down and meditate every day. Not that you have to, but it certainly will help you get it a lot quicker. And if, even if you do five minutes a day, that's better than doing two hours one day a week, because that's gonna take you longer to get it into your, into your soul and into your heart and your whole, your whole energy system. So we're gonna look at the, the definition of stress now. And there's many definitions, but I like to be simple. And stress is your body's way of responding. So it's a verb, it's not a noun. It's a, how you respond to what's out there, the demand that's out there, okay? So that's pretty simple. And it's good because we have control over that verb. And that's how the program helps you change because you've got control over your response. You don't have control over what we call the stressor. The stressor is what's out there. It's the event that's happening to you, okay? Sometimes it's good, and you get motivated, you get excited, and that stress helps you to go up through right here. You know, this is good stress, and what we call you stress. And if you were down here with no stress, because this is performance level and stress level, if you're not performing anything, and you don't have any stress, what do you think you feel like? Couch potato? Nothing to live for, really. Nothing to be motivated for. So this isn't good either because we become severely depressed and lonely and all that stuff. So we want to have a little bit of stress in here, okay? And, of course, this is the optimal level. So performance is highest. The stress level is in the middle. It's great. And we're happy. We're not feeling depression, anxiety, having trouble with relationships and all the other aspects that we'll look at later on. So once we go over this, obviously this is where we start feeling it. You know, our heart is just beating too much. Our blood pressure is high. Our respiratory rate is high. And we can just feel it, but sometimes we don't know it. We just think that's part of our lifestyle. And I remember when I got out of college, I, I graduated I got married the next month and I took a job where the person I was replacing in the lab only could teach me for a week. And there were 16 doctors that I had to work for. So I was under a little bit of stress, but I remember when I got ulcerative colitis six months later, the doctor asked me, are you feeling any stress? And I, honest to God, said no to him. I had no idea that that stuff could accumulate in me and it was serious. I had to go to Boston, and they had to do all kinds of tests on me, give me all kinds of medicine. You know, I really respond, my body responds to stress in a bad way. So there was, it was coming, but I didn't know that until 15 years later. So anyway, do you understand how stress works? You understand that this is you stress, because a lot of people think all stress is bad, but of course it isn't. Okay, so what causes stress? There's many causes to stress. 
Um, I've just put some of the more common ones up here. The first one is survival. And that's where something happens that we're in danger. And this good system, this automatic nervous system called the parasympathetic, which is part of the auto autonomic, which is an automatic system. So an autonomic is like the umbrella over parasympathetic, which is relaxation and sleep and digestion and all that nice stuff, and the sympathetic side. And this is the sympathetic side, the fight or flight or freeze. You know, it's like we, we do something automatically. We don't think about it. Our body just goes into it. It's automatic, like digestion. We don't have to go think about digesting. But if we didn't eat, the body wouldn't digest. And the, the same system relaxes us. So what do you think we have to do to get the relaxation response going? It's a simple thing that we have with us every day but we don't realize the powerful things that it can do for us. It's our breath. So the breath, we inhale and exhale consciously versus the regular breath that you're doing now. And when you consciously do it, you're breathing in half of what you're breathing out because the breathing in is the sympathetic nervous system. So when we get excited, we go like that. That's how you can remember it. And when we relax, we sigh. <sighs> so that exhalation is the parasympathetic nervous system. So we do that twice as long as we breathe in. Let's just try it for a second. First of all, see if you're belly breathing or chest breathing by putting your hand on a little bit above your navel and up in the upper chest, the other hand, and just breathe naturally and see what moves first. Now, if you feel your belly moving first, that's good. That's what you want. That fills the lungs completely. The lungs push down on the belly and push it up. If you feel the, the chest, the higher chest, then you just want to practice for a while and lower that by relaxing your abdomen, relaxing all those muscles, and then you'll start feeling that relaxation response a lot sooner. In fact, you probably won't feel. This is like hyperventilating, and the lungs only get about a third full. So this is the breath that if you meditate every day, you'll eventually, this will be your breath all day long. You know, you'll be taking a belly breath, and you won't have to be consciously thinking about it. Your body will just, it's learned to do it. The body knows what it needs, but we have to give it to it. We have to breathe deeper. We have to practice with it. And then the body can take over on its own, healing us. And we don't have to do anything, just like we don't have to do anything with digestion. Okay, so internal stress is worrying. Probably nobody worries in here, right? And that was my big thing. I worried about everything. But as I look back, mom did, my grandmother did. I worried about things in the past. I worried about things that are coming up in the future. But I was never right there in the moment. I, I, I never was. I don't remember ever not worrying in my life, especially when I was in elementary school, all through the schools, right, in college, definitely. So some people unconsciously like to be stressed out. I don't know if you know of anyone that 
just all the time puts themselves in stressful situations. And it seems to propel them for a while. But because they don't know the signs and they don't know what it can do to them, it's not their fault. It's in their unconscious mind that they just need more and more and more work or more and more challenges or more and more money or bigger houses. You know, we get in this e very easily, especially in our country. And this is where I think the mindfulness in the schools will really help get to the young folks so the seeds can be planted that, you know, things like the breath is their friend, you know, and, and when you feel bad, your bucket of love is emptying out, you know, and they can relate to this stuff, but so can we, you know, so I, the teachers get a lot of this too. They sit in and they understand it, even in children's language. Okay. External stress is everything out there, the crowds, the traffic, the weather, anything externally that we can worry about. And naturally, we worry about it in the moment, but mindfulness helps you to stop and just take a little break. Think of a stop sign, I mean a, stop, a red light. Stop for a moment when you start noticing you're worrying. And then the caution light, the yellow light, is where you just think about it. You just calm down and you start breathing slow and deep. And then the green light is when you're responding with your own brain, not an automatic pilot brain. And you're, you're doing the best that you can. So you don't get these bad feelings of guilt and fear and all this stuff when you don't take action, okay? Because mindfulness helps you realize what is here is here. We can't do anything about it until we calm ourselves and think about, can I change this? Can I do some action for this? And start doing the action. But if you stop and you realize, I cannot change the traffic. I cannot change the weather, of course, unless I move. But that's not an issue. You can't do that. So. You learn to accept it first. Well, first you're aware of it. You're aware that it's stressing you out. Then you accept the fact that it's happening and you can't do anything about it. So if you can't do anything about it and you worry about it, you're gonna go down in the quicksand. But if you just be mindful for a minute and, and say to yourself, I can get myself upset if I stay worrying and feeling crappy or I can let this go for now and focus on something that I can do something about or feeling grateful right in that moment so that you switch your perspective from negative to more of a positive, okay? And you can always find something. It might take you at first a long time to think about it, but you could always find something to be thankful for in your life. In fact, one of, one of the practices in the groups, the mindfulness-based stress reduction groups, is to write down every day when you wake up or even later in the day, three things that you can be grateful for. And that starts your day in a good, positive mood, especially about things you can't do anything about. Fatigue and overload, I kind of mentioned that, uh, working just working way too much and not realizing it. 
And the thing with fatigue and overload is it builds up over time. So we're not apt to notice it as quickly. We're not aware of it. And when we're not aware of it, we can't do any adjustment, which is the third A. We gotta accept it after awareness and then adjust to it. And that's what we do in the program. If the other stress is medical factor, factors and substance abuse. And substance abuse, you know, leads, leads to phenomenal amount of stress. And most of the people don't realize that until they're so addicted to the substance abuse, they don't have the energy anymore. It's just drained out of them. So when you go into places and get them interested, like going into Turning Point or whatever, getting them interested that there's something out there they can grab hold of, they might be interested. But they're not apt to just come to something like this or call me on the phone and make an appointment. There's too, they're just too down and no energy at all. And it's not about blame. Um, substance abuse is a disease and it comes from the environment when you're, how you're brought up, how you think about things, your personality, it's all kinds of stuff that comes in. So it's, it's about feeling compassion for these people that are stuck. They're in the quicksand and they can't even see the sky at all. And of course there's competition. Um, the race that we get into with ourselves and with others. And again, the competition masks any aspects of our symptoms. We don't see it at all. We're just focused on out there, getting to that goal, but we don't see any of the opportunities along the path of getting to that goal. And a lot of times we get to that goal without appreciating life on the way, and it's not even what we really want because we've changed and all kinds of reasons. You know, we change all the time, even though we're not doing mindfulness. Our body is changing, our mind is changing. So mindfulness helps you to just stop and get out of that race for a minute and say, what's more important? If you ask people that are on their deathbeds, what's the most important thing? Do you say spending time, or do you think spending time at the office is one of their answers? No. You know, it's spending time with what they love, their family, their kids, what they love to do. Pleasure is a big part of stress management, bringing joy into your life. And we don't ever think, I, I don't know, unconsciously maybe we don't deserve it or something. So we don't take enough vacations. We don't take time during our day, during our lunch hour, to just breathe for five minutes this way. But hopefully when I mention it, it'll trigger something in you to say, well, that's not bad, five minutes a day. I, there's a lot of minutes in every day. I think I can, I can handle that. Okay. How can stress affect you? Well, as you can see, many ways. Physically, behaviorally, mentally, and close to mentally is emotionally, but it's a little bit different than mentally. And that's why you get, you know, when you come to me in an office visit, I ask you lots of questions around all these causes, I mean effects, because I want to know where I can focus where you need it the most. So if you score mentally is your high score, we've got to start with some sort of cognitive behavioral therapy. 
and that takes your thoughts first and changing your thoughts, okay? Whereas if it was physical stress, then you need to relax your body more. So I lay you down on a massage table and we relax the whole body so that the good chemicals can be elicited from the brain that actually heal every cell in the body. So it, it matters when, when I give you these questionnaires, it really matters to the person that's trying to help you what areas that you've got. So we'll go ahead and we'll look at the different areas and see if you can identify with any of them. So physical signs, there's a lot of physical signs. Can you read that in the back? You can, okay. I'll just let you go over that. And of course, there's pain that's not up there physical pain. And I think everybody has experienced some sort of physical pain. Pretty much everybody that I see has some sort of physical pain. So let's look at a little bit about that and how that comes about. So stress happens. The stressor happens. We react to it. And after we react to it, the muscles start tensing up immediately. You know, and you can probably feel this if you're mindful after something, you know, attacks you or you didn't get what you want or whatever. And from the muscle tension comes the fatigue. And that's what brings on the pain, the fatigue in the muscles. That's why yoga is a wonderful way of releasing physical pain because it relaxes the muscles. We, we all think about stretching, but yoga is about stretching and relaxing into the posture and breathing, okay? So it gets rid of this tension, which over time gets rid of the tiredness and the pain. Again, it's not an overnight process, but the pain will eventually go away. They did research on this back in, I think it was the early 80s. They took people that were so much in pain, their doctors had told them they couldn't do any more for them. And that was a requisite, prerequisite to get into the research program. They had to go to their local hospital. There was 11 hospitals involved. They had to go to the hospital and do a body scan every day. And that body scan back then was 45 minutes. So that's a long time to meditate and feel the sensations in your body. But at the end of eight weeks, every one of them either reduced their pain or got rid of it altogether. And that made news because usually in a research study, there's always a couple that it didn't affect at all. There wasn't in this study. So Bill Moyers, who is a famous person that takes you on TV, came to John Kabat-Zinn's class. And he took pictures and did a whole article on TV about how the body scan helped with pain. And that, I think, was a big plus for John because then he got invited to Oprah and all those other shows. So. This is what they first thought the body scan did, just pain. But over time, they've done so much research now, the body scan helps everything because it boosts your immune system. And when your immune system is boosted, you have a lot more fight in you. The white cells can fight, you have all this energy to fight, and you fight off all the bad stuff, all the antigens that are coming at you, like cancer and diabetes and heart problems. So it helps all that stuff, not just pain. 
So that's another big part of the program is I give you a CD and you listen to a body scan and hopefully you do that more than just once a week. Okay, any questions about anything I've said so far? It's pretty simple stuff. It's just hard to put into practice because our bodies are habitual creatures and we don't want to change. How many like change here? That really, that's probably why you're here today because if you like change, you're going to be looking for things to change your life. You're going to be looking, you're going to be educating yourself on how can I get out of this place that I'm in. And that's wonderful. But the people that don't like change have a harder time. They're like, I don't want to do a body scan every day or I don't want to sit for five minutes and meditate. You know, what, what's that going to do? And their monkey minds, as we call it, these automatic thoughts start coming in. And when we're not in the mindfulness mood of our own thoughts, we are like prisoners of this automatic mind. And we believe every word it says. So those negative thoughts come in. We believe it. We think there are thoughts. Thoughts aren't us. Thoughts are like events. That's the stressor out there that comes in and kind of lures us into its control. But mindfulness helps you to see what it's doing so you can stop that and decide on your own. What do I want it? Do I want to go to that workshop or not? Because the monkey mind will say, well, that's stupid. You got to drive all the way to Manchester and all this stuff. And we believe it. So watch your monkey mind. We all have them. And the monkey mind, we don't even know we're in it. Have you ever driven your car and gotten to a place and forgot how you got there? That's the opposite of mindfulness. The monkey mind drives you there. You don't even know it. You're trying to, probably if you were in your own mind, you were trying to concentrate on the traffic and the road and the red lights and the stop signs. But we can, we can have a stop sign that we don't even remember stopping at when we get to our destination. So that is the definition of mindlessness. When we're taking a shower, how many of you feel the water and the temperature of the water on your skin all the while you're taking a shower? Probably not. When we're doing the dishes, do you feel the bubbles in the water and scrubbing the plates? That's mindfulness. Because what happens is this monkey mind takes you off when you're doing routine things that you already know how to do. And it gets you planning your day. It gets you worrying about the past. Everything but keeping you to enjoy that warm water on your skin or the suds in the dishpan. And when we're there with that stuff, what do you think happens to the negative thoughts? And what do you think happens to our physical body? What? Anybody got an idea? When we're mindful of the shower on our skin, and we're focused on that, because that's a thought that we've taken in, our own thought, we want to focus on it. It clears out the rest of the stuff in our mind. Got it? It just settles. And what I do to the little children is I take a clear glass and I put some sparkles in it and I shake it up. And all the sparkles is our crazy mind with all those negative thoughts and every thought. And then as it settles down, I say, this is what happens when we breathe and relax. And all, some of them go up to the top. 
but some of them go down to the bottom and it becomes clear and they can see that and that they understand it. Even the kindergartners, because I did eight weeks with kindergartners last year. So these are, like I said, it's simple stuff. We just have to learn more about it to want to do it. Because if we know that our mind is clear and we're more productive in our creativity at work, we're more energized because the energy when the mind is full just gets depleted. So when we realize that, it's like, why would we want to do it? But the problem is we have to be aware of it first. And that's harder than you think because we're so busy with everything else. So we have to stop. Just think of a stop sign. In fact, I brought a stop sign in to the kids. You know how big those suckers are? A lot bigger than they look like from the car. And they were like, wow. But think of the stop sign and just stop. Let go of all your worries, all your thinking about anything and focus on the breath, okay? Just like we did. Breathing in four times, breathing out eight times. Just do it three times. Three times is enough to bring you back to your foundation of clarity. What do I want to do? Where do I want to put my action, my energy into that will be the most productive for me? And also, I can get excited about it because I'm now in my own mind making the decisions instead of going out in la-la land with the automatic mind. And that you might not understand that yet, but when you start to meditate, which we'll do towards the end, and we're almost there, um, you'll see that because you want to focus on your breath, that's not what you do 100% of the time because this monkey mind comes in and takes you off. But the practice is noticing that. And when you notice that you're off, congratulate yourself because you're mindful again and bring it back to your breath. And then two seconds later, some other thought will come along. But don't, don't judge yourself. Don't blame yourself because that depletes your energy. And it's all about energy. If you don't have energy, you can't do anything but sit on the couch. Okay? All right. Moving right along here. Mental signs. Men memory problems, poor judgment, inability to concentrate, brain fog, indecision, self-doubt. Start many tasks but achieve little. Okay? And that's because we're not grounded. Our energy isn't grounded because when we're grounded, we get things done. We don't waste time. Time management is a biggie too. Emotional signs, I've mentioned depression, anxiety, irritability, memory problems again here, concentration, compulsive behavior. You probably know people that have OCD and their poor lives are full of stress constantly. And I see a lot of people with compulsive behavior and it really helps them. And of course, mood swings. How is it affecting you? Okay, this is a biggie. And we learned this right in the beginning of an eight week program. The event that happens, as you already know, is not necessarily our thoughts or anything. It's just an event outside. But we immediately have thoughts about it. Okay, that's an automatic thing. You have a thought. If it's a positive thought, that's good because a positive thought turns to a positive feeling. And that feeling turns to positive behavior. And it goes around and you stay in this field of you know, optimism and gratitude and compassion, especially for ourselves. 
because that's another thing we don't do very much. But if this is negative and this is negative, the feeling is going to be negative in the body and the behavior is going to be negative, which makes sense. So mindfulness helps you to, well, at first, before the behavior, you notice the feeling in your body because it's easier to notice your body feeling than what you were thinking about because you probably didn't know you were thinking about it. That's automatic mind. So we practice feeling the sensations in our body. Oh, I've got an upset stomach. And then we start stopping there and saying, all right, I'm upset. And maybe some thoughts come in about why you're upset, but you don't go as far into behavior, which is going to the bar and having a drink or doing some drugs or screaming and yelling at the person, whatever your vulnerability is in your body, this behavior is, is going to be good if you stop it there. And then even further along in the program, we stop it at the thought. And then we don't get the upset stomach or the heart palpitations or any other physical thing. Okay, so mindfulness helps you say, okay, this is monkey mind thinking. This is not me. And just stopping here. Okay, and then you feel great. You can turn the feeling into, if it's a neutral thing, you just get it out of the negative and you be neutral. If it's a really bad thought, okay? You say, wait a minute now. Am I catastrophizing this thought? Which is a distortion that we do. We exaggerate when we're telling the story. And, but to ourselves, to our mind and body, it's, it's real. Because we're feeling it and we're saying it. So we have to be careful what we say to our body. Okay, positive stuff that nobody wants to say to themselves, like, I am a good person, I'm doing the best I can. We laugh at that, but those are powerful words. They're called affirmations, and that's actually part of the therapy of cognitive behavioral therapy. We talk to ourselves in a good way to boost our self-esteem and our self-confidence. Okay, so that's the cycle there. Any questions about the cycle? That's very important. Getting it out. Absolutely. Very, very important. Because if we keep, well, the negative thoughts going around and around, that's called rumination, that depletes all our energy. Because we're thinking about it and the chemicals are going out from the brain that are not good chemicals. They're good if we have to lift the car off a dog or a cat or a child, but they're made to go, to go back, we're made to go back and take a nap and release that adrenaline, that crappy. In everyday life, we have problems that we ruminate. We go home at night and we lay in bed and all these thoughts are coming about what we did wrong or what somebody did wrong. You know, and we get ourselves so upset just before bed that the whole night is upsetting and it doesn't leave us. So rumination, thinking about it over and over, just wastes our energy. Okay, so the question says, how is stress affecting our feelings and emotions? by influencing how you think. Because when you're stressed out, it's really hard to be grateful for anything if you're extremely stressed. Okay. There's a wonderful quote. Victor Frankl, does anybody ever heard of him? He was an Austrian neur neurologist, so he specialized in the nerves and the brain, and he was also some say a psychologist or psychiatrist. I'm not sure which one is true. But he he went through a concentration camp for three years. 
and his whole family died but him. And then he got out and wrote this book, Man's Search for Meaning, and he decided that that is what we're after. We're after the meaning of life. And the more we can follow that path, the more we get out of life, the more our life becomes, I don't know, just not happy, but enjoyable. And we can, I don't know, pursue. I don't think I want to know everything, you know? So the meaning is to keep finding it. And the journey is right now, right in this moment, not the end of the journey. You know, that's get rid of the goals kind of thing. You can have a plan, kind of plan, but don't get so attached that you miss out the opportunities right here in this moment, okay? Behavioral signs. And this is all the stuff that we find ourselves doing if we don't know about mindfulness. Withdrawing socially, sleeping too much, Blaming others is a biggie because that does nothing but give you the stress. It's like you're blaming others and you're getting so upset that you're drinking the poison, okay? They're not upset. They don't hear you what you're thinking. But you get yourself so upset. And the blaming people usually are the ones that don't want to learn because they know everything. So I never get a call from them. Okay, maybe if I went into Price Chopper and got 12 people <laughs> and made them come, you know, probably half of them would be blamers. It's everybody else's fault. And they stay stuck in the negativity of being angry or feeling resentment for that person for whatever they did. Mindfulness helps you to bring in compassion for yourself and others. Not condoning what they did, but forgive them so you can release it from your energy, from taking your energy away every day. I know a, a father and a son, he had cancer when I did, and we went to uh, elementary school together. They never talked all the way through his chemo, radiation, never talked. They weren't talking before either. He didn't even, the father didn't even go to the funeral. And I just couldn't believe that. That is amazing how our minds can keep us stuck into misunderstandings, blaming, all that stuff. It wrecks our life. It's, it's just hard to understand, but they don't know how to change it. They, they were never taught. All right, so I think we've got to stop here. <laughs> oh, we've got to take the stress quiz. Okay, so take the stress quiz. Just, just count how many of those are you and try to keep a tally. You want to pass out the index cards? Just try to keep a tally of how much, how many of these you have and how often you have them in your mind, how, how much of a problem it is, you know. And when you're done, just raise your hand if you've got a figure in your mind. Okay. All right, believe it or not, the book that goes along with this says if you have two or more 
you better start doing something about your stress. Two is all you need to start depleting your energy. If you have three, you really got to start doing something. And probably over four, you're extremely stressed. If this is happening a lot. I mean, granted, we all have these maybe once or twice a month. or I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this is in you every day. Okay? That was, a, that was really an eye-opener for me that two or more really brings you into stress. There's another questionnaire. I think most of you got it to take home. And that kind of gives you different levels depending on the questions. And the questions are not as severe as this. So it's good to know what level you're at. That's for sure. Okay. This is a definition of mindfulness. It's different than stress. Okay. Mindfulness means paying attention in a particular way on purpose in the present moment without judging it. So that's anything that's going on. Accepting everything, um, just being here and noticing. It's like taking the awareness button and pushing it a hundred times so you're very much aware. You're aware of how your body's feeling. You're aware of your mind and what thoughts are coming in. And if you're in charge of those thoughts, or the monkey mind is, by the way, they call it the monkey mind because John does, because it swings from vine to vine with no rhyme or reason. And that's what happens in our minds when we don't know we're off. And it could be a lot of negative stuff because the monkey mind wants to unconsciously take control over us. It wants us in its control. And most people that don't know about meditation and the techniques, they live their whole life really not being in control of their emotions and their reactions to the emotions. And that's what causes us to get so sick. And this is a good quote. How you feel depends on your basic assumptions and attitudes about yourself, other people, and the world around you. The attitudes of the program, there's nine basic attitudes. And I'm not going to tell you all of them because we don't have time, but I want you to take a program and learn them. <laughs> but the attitudes, like non-judgment, acceptance, I've, I've mentioned most of them. Patience, letting go, you know, that's four of the nine. They're, you use them all combined and you're there in the moment because you have patience with what's going on. You can calm your mind down. And if it's something you can't do anything about, you can let it go. If it's something you need to work on, you start doing the action as if you're seeing it for the first time. So you have fresh ideas about it, not the old stuff that you've tried that doesn't work. You get on another path, okay? Okay, so back to the program. What does it offer? So we understand where to begin because a lot of people come to me and they say, I, I don't know where to begin, but I know what I'm feeling like. Okay. The first and very important part is to recognize or identify what's stressing you out. And a lot of times they don't know that until they take some of the detailed questions that I give them. Then they find out, okay, that's what I got to work on. 
And also they find out about that cycle of thoughts, feelings, and behavior and say, okay, I realize how powerful those thoughts are to my body. And when they know that they're more aware, they become more aware with practicing meditation to actually be in their mind to see what that's like throughout the day. Like just before you start the car or at a red light, you don't have anything else to do. Just check in and see if you're in your mind right now in the car, steering wheel, traffic around you, you know, let go of all the other crap. Communicating effectively is another, a lot of times our communication is, is not right. So we learn how to communicate to let go of some of the stuff and bringing in self-compassion and forgiveness because there's so many of us that don't even realize we're holding resentments. Um, and of course the meditation and relaxation are the, the techniques, visualization, all that good stuff. Any questions about that? Okay, last but not least, an old Chinese proverb. You can't prevent the birds of sorrow from flying overhead, but you can keep them from building nests in your hair. So we can't change the stressors, unfortunately. I wish I could, you know, but I can't. But I can certainly tell you how to go from a reaction the sympathetic nervous system to a response that is your mind, your thoughts, calming yourself down. And they won't build the nest. Okay, I got five minutes left. I want to do a little visualization. First, we'll breathe a little bit and get relaxed, and then we'll go into a visualization. So I'm going to turn on some music. Could we turn the lights down? Where's that? Lights? It's, it's nice to get in a quiet spot. You don't have to go in a closet, but, you know, kind of quiet spot when you're doing this. Your animals are going to love it. They're going to come and sit on your belly. They love these energy that you're putting out. So kind of get away from them. Turn your phones off if you can. And just begin to feel your breath. You can close your eyes if that's comfortable. Uncross your feet and your arms. So the blood can flow freely. Where's my music? <laughs> I guess I can turn it up. Okay. Feel the breath becoming deeper and longer. And just breathe in now consciously and start counting four seconds in and eight seconds out. And just really blow out like you're blowing out a candle so it takes longer. And breathe in through your nostrils if you can. So in through the nostrils, out through pursed lips, and just begin to focus on that breath, the simple breath. Feel how long or short it is, or how rough or smooth it is, without judging, just noticing, being right here, right now.
So as you're doing this, this is how you deactivate the stress response. The chemicals are coming out are calming chemicals from the parasympathetic nervous system. They're healing chemicals. Notice your mind. When the mind goes off, just notice when you become mindful and bring your attention back to the breath. Feel your body relaxing. Feel the shoulders kind of coming down away from the neck. Feel your jaw and kind of let go of that tension in your jaw. Feel the forehead and the eyes just sinking deeper into relaxation. And notice the whole body. Where is that area of tightness or tension, pain? And see if you can direct that in-breath right down to that area and breathe out and imagining that pain, that tension, gradually leaving, not pushing it out quickly or anything. Just let it gradually leave the body with each out-breath, going deeper into stillness, tranquility, and peacefulness. Right here, right now, with whatever sensations in the body, whatever thoughts in the mind, softening. And now we'll go into a visualization. So I want you to picture in your mind, a stream with water lazily flowing by. As you look more closely at the water, you notice leaves and twigs, tiny objects, fish, all different sizes and shapes of things going down the river and colors flowing continuously by. Now picture yourself standing beside the stream, watching everything coming towards you. And imagine that what you're watching, what you're watching for, are your thoughts and your wishes and your feelings or any sensations. And watch them come downstream. As they come closer to you, just watch them come and go and get back to watching to see what comes down the stream next. Try not to attach or to push away what you notice on the stream. Just let it come and let it go. 
focusing back on your breath, maybe deepening the breath a little and having the thought in your mind of gradually transitioning back to the room. Feeling the body, accepting whatever sensations are here. And if they're good sensations, you can keep them, just memorize them and they'll stay with you throughout your day even though the mind becomes more alert. And you can open your eyes gradually whenever you wish. And just sit for a minute and notice things. We use the senses a lot, so just listen to what you hear for a moment inside and outside the body. And now, what do you feel physically first? Can you feel yourself sitting in the chair? Focus on your feet on the floor. Is there any tension in the body? Letting that go with the breath. What are your thoughts? What's going on mentally? Just accepting. Just being with them. The first stage is just watching your mind for a while, like a, having a relationship with it, which means it's outside of you, just watching it, understanding it more, so you can begin to start controlling that automatic mind. Notice if you're thinking about the rest of the day already and bring your attention back to the breath. Are you thinking about the ride home? Bring it back to the breath right here. And if you need to be out of here by five after one, you need to come back into the room. But do it mindfully. Start your car mindfully. Be right there. And have a safe trip back. Doesn't want to go backwards. Thank you very much, guys. And thank you to Michaela. Michaela did all this. I just gave her the text. <laughs> so thank you, Deb, for, you, uh, for having this, and obviously we'll have a recording of it. And of course, this wouldn't be made possible without Heritage Family Credit Union, so we want to thank Mark and his team over at Heritage uh, for, again, supporting this program in 2019, and we look forward to having you at our next one.